You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. This is your girl Kyra, and we are starting off the new year. We are in 2022, honey. We survived 2021. Let's see how we gonna survive this year. I'm very interested to see where this year takes us. I mean, we've been in this pandemic for about two years now, and it's even crazy to say that. It's crazy to think that we've been in a pandemic for like two years years. You know what I'm saying? But we sir nonetheless, we survived this year, honey. Unfortunately, our one and only Betty White, she passed on New Year's Eve. She was about to celebrate her 100th um birthday January 17th. Um and unfortunately, she passed away. But honey, she's she lived a long, wonderful life from what it looks like. She was one of my favorites on Golden Girls. She's been in countless movies, TV shows, series, um, freaking commercials, everything. This woman has done it all. So rest in peace to Miss Betty White, who was 99 years old when she had passed away. But let's get into today and what we got for the show today, honey. But let's start off with some some vibe selection news. Let's see what's kind of going on in uh, 2022, shall we? Well, if y'all for y'all that do not remember, maybe a lot of you probably do remember this. Let's get into the vibe selection news involving the Boston bomber. Now, honey, the Boston bomber is refusing to pay his victims and their families uh, restitution for the uh, crimes that he committed during the Boston bombing. So for those of you who are not familiar with the story, uh, Jahar Sanayev, who at the time of the bombing was 19 years old and is now 28 years old, was brought up on uh, 30 charges and was sentenced to death in 2015. And he is being held currently in a maximum security prison in Florida. Uh, Colorado after it was founded that Dahar Sanayev and his brother uh, who actually died during a standoff with a police officer and ultimately you know killed him he died as well his brother um, in the whole melee they went on like a little car chase or something like that and there was like a whole standoff and his brother ended up passing away due to the circumstances um, they were responsible for the blast that killed over, killed three people and wounded 260 others um, the incident took place April 15 2013 in Boston Massachusetts and this was during held during uh, Boston's annual Boston Marathon that they held um, Dahar was ordered to pay over $101 million in restitution and $3,000 in fees to the families of the victims involved in the Boston bar- bombing um, Jahar has yet to actually pay the victims there and their families and instead paid over $2,000 to family members for gifts and other miscellaneous expenses. He was also given money by random people from different parts of the U.S. Um, and a motion was filed Wednesday by U.S. Attorney Nathaniel uh, R. Mendel to have the court move the funds from Jahar's inmate trust account to pay off the victims and their families. And currently, Jahar has over $3,885 still remaining in his inmate trust account. And what's crazy is he was awarded the $1,400 worth 
the stimulus money, which they have not been able to figure out why he was even given stimulus money to begin with. I mean, I guess he was working in jail and a lot of what the $21,000 over the $21,000 that he accumulated over the years of being in prison was from him working, you know, behind bars. So I guess inmates nowadays, they, they, they getting, uh, they they got to pay the government, you know, in taxes. And I guess because of that, as a result, they're able to get their hands on stimulus money. That's kind of crazy to me, but if you kind of think about it, if someone is working, the law technically says that someone is, you know, they have the ability to get a tax return. So maybe that's part of the reason why Jahar was awarded um, $1,400 in stimulus money. But you know what? This whole situation is just really sad and disheartening. And Jahar needs to cough up the money that he's making because, you know, these families, they lost their family members. And there's a lot of people that were wounded that lost limbs. And so many things, so many horrific things occurred during this Boston Marathon. And, you know, no, honestly, no amount of money in the world will bring back these people's family members and their loved ones. But they are rightfully due this money. And I really hope the families are able to receive the money. I mean, obviously, this guy isn't going to be able to pay, cough up $101 million. Like, he never made that kind of money in his lifetime. But, you know, this was made as an example that, you know, when you do crimes, when you commit heinous crimes like this, you will be indebted to society for the rest of your life. And although he's been sentenced to the death penalty, um, I believe that's something that they're trying to overturn right now. Um, So we'll see what's going to happen with this whole situation. Like I said, I really hope that the families of you know the victims families really are able to get some type of compensation for what happened during the Boston Marathon because like I mentioned it was horrific it was a horrible day so many people got injured over 260 people and three people lost their lives over something such a senseless act you know something so stupid but for now just keep the people who were wounded in this tragedy in your prayers and their families because I mean this is just such a tragedy and you know it it was so it was just so senseless and stupid in the end so you know I just prayers up to the families but in COVID-19 news coronavirus has a new friend in town y'all yes that is right you know coronavirus had got its homeboy the delta then we went from the delta to the omicron aka the omarion now we're in the IHU variant. I mean, this is crazy. This stuff just keeps mutating and I'm sick of it. I just want coronavirus and its homeboys to just go bye-bye. Just to perish forever, honey. I just want them to fall off the face of the earth already. But, I mean, it's been reported that a new COVID strain has been detected in France called the IHU. However, the WHO incident manager Abdi Muhammad has said it's been aware of the new strain since November, but they didn't see the variant as a concern uh, since it hadn't spread enough. But the new strain was detected in France after a traveler came back from the camera from Cameroon and tested positive for COVID-19. Now, the IHU variant has mutated over 46 times where the Omicron variant has mutated 37 times. And this new IHU variant has affected 24 kids in a school in October of last year and has a N501Y and an N484, which gives the idea that the variant is 
able to evade vaccines, according to Dushwale in the Desert News. Now, at this point, I am tired, like I said, of coronavirus and its and its friends, honey. Now, the United States has the highest total of COVID-19 cases uh, coming in at 58 million and has 475,000 new cases and over 855,000 deaths. Now, the place with the lowest amount of COVID cases is Target coming in at one case with zero new cases and zero deaths. Worldwide, there has been over 300 million cases over 200 over 2 million new cases and over 5 million total deaths now like i said it this it's so crazy to think about you know that we've been in this pandemic for two years and i know i said that in the beginning of the show but it's just so crazy to think about you know what's going on right now you know there are a lot of people that are vaccinated people are just starting to kind of get the boosters right now i mean it's even crazy to the point where if you're even trying to get tested to figure out whether or not you have coronavirus you can't even get an appointment to even just simply get tested those ready rapid tests they're not as accurate it seems like they're kind of like 50 50 because i've known people that have taken um the ready rapid tests one day and it'll say you know it's negative and then maybe like 20 or 30 or maybe a couple of hours later they'll test again and it says that it's positive and then they'll test again the next maybe two days and then the test is telling them that they're negative so it's just really really weird on how those ready rapid tests kind of work there really hasn't there's been pretty much a shortage of those ready rapid tests um in the united states especially because you know it's such high demand you know people for the holidays have gone to travel to see their families and you know one thing that we all have to keep in mind is like the whole social distancing thing um, a lot of people think that because they're vaccinated, that that that, that makes them more Im- less immune to actually catching COVID. But you have to remember the part of the whole social distancing was also so you don't contract COVID because it's highly contagious and because COVID itself is an airborne disease. So now I've noticed when I'm going into grocery stores, people are all up on me, all up on my back. And they just think because they're vaccinated, they don't have to keep their distance anymore they don't have those little squares down um, when you go into the grocery store in the aisles of which aisle you're supposed to go down and which aisle you're supposed to exit from you know a lot of the stores aren't properly wiping down baskets and you know they're, they're not really taking the precautions that they were it before in the beginning when COVID first hit there's a lot of people that are becoming extremely lax right now I know that in certain parts of the U.S., especially in the Bay Area here, like San Francisco, there's a lot of places where you have to show proof of your vaccinations and stuff like that in order to get in. However, it's crazy to think that, you know, in San Francisco right now, in a lot of parts of the Bay Area and California as a whole, there's been a rise in cases right now. And that's because there's also so many people just going out and they're compacted in one space. Like, think about how if you go to restaurants, um, they're not, they're they're allowing a lot of people to come into the restaurant at once, although they are showing proof of vaccinations, they're not limiting the amount of people that they allow into these spaces 
at a particular point in time. Same thing for the malls. During the holidays, people are going to the malls. They're going into the grocery stores and stuff like that. So there's so many people going into the stores to buy things because it's the holiday season where more people are contracting COVID. And then you're going with your families and there's like 10, 15 of you guys in one small tight space. And a lot of people aren't even quarantining before. And it's kind of hard to, too, because let's say, you know, you have a family member that lives outside of the U.S. or somewhere another state in the United States and you're traveling to go over there to visit them. Well, you may have been quarantining in your house two weeks prior to that. But once you step on that plane, once you get into the airport, you are more susceptible to catching COVID. So it's just so much going on with this coronavirus thing so the best thing that i can tell all y'all is is to stay your ass in the house and make sure you're social distance that's the best thing i can do order all your shit online you know there's a lot of people also trying to go into the stores because you know the delivery delivery for like amazon for all the gifts and stuff like that that was going to be really backed up last year the whole postal service wasn't even wasn't even able to deliver a lot of the gifts and stuff until well over into january and february February, they were super backed up and delayed. So, you know, that was, uh, and, and then they didn't even have enough poster workers to be delivering all these packages too. So it's just, it's a lot going on y'all, but y'all just, y'all stay safe and stay healthy out there as much as you can. But um, on to our next topic at hand, let's get into the vibe selection playlist, shall we? Now let's get into this duo this R&B hip-hop contemporary duo called Children of Zeus. So for those who are not familiar with uh, Children of Zeus, they have been around since 2016. They're an R&B hip-hop contemporary group made up of two guys by the name of Connie Khan and Tyler Daly hailing out of Manchester. Um, They make a perfect duo mixing R&B and rap. And I recently actually found their music on Apple Music Playlist after listening to one of their singles called I Need You and I've been honestly hooked ever since. I then took a listen to their two albums uh, one of them entitled Travel Light and Balance which is their latest two EPs Um, and honestly I didn't skip not one song which is honestly very rare in music nowadays like when you listen to music nowadays you may listen to one or two songs on the album and then like it's pretty much a rap because music nowadays is trash. It's very gimmicky. Like, you know, music prior to this millennial age, you had music that was being made that was timeless. And nowadays you have music that won't last you no longer than a couple of months, which is really sad because you know, music should be something that you're able to listen to over and over and over again. It should be something that's timeless. And that's part of the reason why, you know, music prior to now, like a lot of the new age artists, rappers, singers, pop artists, they're using, they're taking samples from a lot of the older music, you know, and using it in today's music and trying to remake it. Now, honestly, it does not sound as good as, you know, the original music nowadays. But I mean, that kind of tells you something like they're using those songs because they're so timeless and they still, you know, will get you going in the club They make you dance, make you want to shake your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like they they make you want to get they make you feel good. And that's what music should be about, you know, having a good time, enjoying 
and enjoying yourself. So y'all go ahead and y'all check out Children of Zeus. Listen to their music, honey. Buy the album. Go out and please, please, please support these two guys because they honestly are what's missing from music. They will. They are definitely bringing back what it means to be a R&B and hip hop contemporary group, and they are doing it oh so well. So yeah, y'all go ahead and check them out. Now on to the topic at hand. Should 40 hour work weeks be mandatory? Now the need for let, let's do a little bit of a background history into how the eight hour work week originally came about. Now the need for an eight hour work days was first thought of by Robert Owen, who was a labor rights activist in the 1800s. And in 1926, that idea was put into effect by Henry Ford, the creator for of Ford Motors. For those of you who are not familiar with him. He is the creator of Ford Motors. Now, prior to the eight hour work days, the average person used to work over 100 hours a week. And it honestly wasn't uncommon for them to work up to 16 hour shifts, seven days a week. And then in 1938, the Fair Labor Standards Act made employers pay overtime to employees that worked over 44 hours. And in 1940, the 40 hour work week officially became law. In my personal opinion, I feel like the 40 hour work week needs to be abolished. And I'm going to get into some reasons why I personally feel like, you know, the 40 hour work week, it should be abolished. Now, I personally feel like 40 working 40 hours, you know, affects your uh, work life life balance. You know, it's hard when you're working eight hour shifts to be able to do all of the things that you may have to do for that day, whether it's, you know, waking up to get your kids prepared to go to school, you know, whether it's after you get off of work, being able to have the energy in order to help your kids with their homework or run your errands or, you know, do something for your own self after work. Because let's face it, a lot of times you don't even have the energy to do anything, especially depending on the line of work that you do. Like if you're somebody that works in a hospital, most of the time, you you're dedicated your whole life is pretty much dedicated to your job especially because a lot of doctors and nurses have to be on call so they're essentially working over eight hours the mandatory standard in the united states of how much somebody should be able to work you know and then we also have to keep in consideration that you know there is well over 80 percent of the population that has to work even outside of their eight hour shift once they leave the job a lot of times people still have to check their emails or or do other things for their jobs, even when they're off the clock, you know, quote unquote. And then we have to think about how most employers nowadays try to get you into being on salary. And so essentially, if you're a salary worker, typically, yeah, the standard is you working eight hour shifts. However, they can work you as much as they want to work you. And although some depending on the state that you live in, they're going to pay you overtime if you go over those eight hours. However, you know that that's it's still hard for you to be able to balance, you know, have a healthy work life balance. If you're working over eight hours and then being on salary as well, you're someone that has to be on call. So, you know, it's, it's something that I feel like really needs to be taken into consideration. And really we need to start figuring out what we can do better so that we can have a proper work life balance within the workforce, because, you know, we're not put on this earth to be slaves to society. 
we are put on this earth to find out what our true purpose and our goals and our life path is for ourselves, not doing what society tells you that you need to be doing, because let's face it, you can go to college and graduate and you can be out of a job even when you graduate from college. So then essentially you're stuck in debt. You have to find some means of making an income for yourself to be able to pay your bills and pay off your student loan debt. And so a lot of times people are forced into having to work, you know, eight hour shifts and working jobs that require working eight hours a day. And the biggest problem with this whole 40 hour work week is a lot of times it also does not pay good enough. Like, for example, living out here in the Bay Area, the minimum wage is $15 an hour. However, you really need $25 an hour minimum in order to survive or, you know, get by out here in the Bay Area because the cost of living is just so expensive. So when you're going to college, you know, it's hard to find a balance between going to school, taking all the classes you need, which most of the time you're taking four or five classes. You can be at school from eight to two or eight to three, or sometimes you can be in school all day, depending on, you know, what you're going to school for. And so how are you going to be able to balance going to school studying and working an eight hour shift. So then essentially, if you're going to school in the morning time, you're going to have to find a job where you can work in the evening. Now, even if you're working in the evening, you're probably going to have to work a lot because you need to pay all your other bills and all your other you know, expenses for college. So essentially, you're going to have to find a job where you're able to balance the two worlds. And a lot of that's why so many uh, people that are in college become waiters, because typically you're only working four to five hours maximum. I know I will say that me working four to five hours, I honestly, I've been working in restaurants pretty much my whole life since I was 16 years old. And it was honestly the only way I was able to get through high school and college because I was able to have enough time to be able to go to school. And then in the evening, I was able to go to work and I didn't have to work such long hours. So it didn't affect my ability to study for exams. And I was still able to get enough sleep. And plus, the biggest incentive was I was able to pay my bills, pay tuition, pay for books, pay for supplies, you know, pay for gas for me to be able to get to school. But we have to realize that not everybody is able to work and go to school. And so essentially that puts you in more debt because you're living off of student loans that you're going to have to pay back in the long run. And then not everybody is great at being a waiter or a waitress or a bartender or a busser or any of those things or just working in restaurants in, in general. For some people, it's hard for them to, you know, balance that and be able to multitask. So they're essentially not cut out to be waiters and waitresses. Some people also don't want to be doing all the hustle and bustle that being a waiter and a waitress entails or a bartender entails. So they want to work in an office because they're able to be stationary. And, you know, they're the only other jobs that allow you to do that, especially when you're going through college is like some admin job, you know, an administrative assistant work, a personal assistant, you know, being a nanny or something like that to be able to get by. But those jobs only pay so much money. So it can be really hard to be able to get to where you want to be career wise because you have to think about 
the jobs that you're able to um, work until you're able to get to that point in your career. It's it's it takes steps in order to do that. And then sometimes once you're in your career, your career doesn't always pay a lot of money either. And then like, you know, how I was mentioning about the cost of living in the Bay Area, you know, most people have to work two and three jobs. It's not easy because the average cost of rent out here in the Bay Area for one bedroom or even a studio is about eighteen hundred dollars upwards. Plus, you have to make three times that amount in order to have a place of your own. And let's face it, you know, in society, a lot of people do have kids and, you know, you have to take that into consideration, too, that people have to pay, you know, child care ain't cheap. You know, the clothes on these kids backs ain't cheap. Now we live in a technology age where all these like one year olds have like iPads and stuff like that, where it used to be, you know, a kid was playing with a Barbie or something like that. The times have changed. It's very different. So the cost of living is just so much higher nowadays, but they're not trying to raise the minimum wage and they're trying to overwork people. You know, so if you're working two jobs that require you to work eight hours per job, plus you're trying to raise your kids and then you're trying to have a family life, you know, trying to do the husband and wife thing or the boyfriend and girlfriend thing or the girlfriend and girlfriend thing or the boyfriend and boyfriend thing. And then being able to have time for yourself being able to take vacations or wanting to have being able to have time off for yourself it becomes impossible to be able to do that because you're trying to work through life you know what I'm saying you're trying to work these jobs that don't want to pay a lot of money and then we have to consider how a lot of people in order for them to be able to have houses for themselves so they don't have to pay high uh, the high cost of rent they have to a lot especially in the Bay Area a lot of people have to commute from Sacramento from Stockton to Modesto and a lot of these places are little hick towns. You know, there's not a whole lot of job opportunity in these particular areas. So people are having to commute from over there into Silicon Valley. And that's a lot too. And the drive from these places is anywhere from two to three hours. So then we have to take in consideration that, you know, most jobs, they start at anywhere from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. But now because you're commuting from two hours away from where your actual job is, you have to get up earlier and prepare yourself earlier in the earlier in the morning to be able to get to work on time. Plus, you have to get through all of that traffic. So essentially, there's a lot of people that have to wake up at four in the morning to be at work at, you know, 8 a.m so that they can get through traffic and get to work on time. Then that causes a ripple effect where you're not able to get the proper amount of rest. And let me break down for you, what are the effects of, you know, not getting enough sleep? So not getting enough rest can cause accidents on the road, heart disease, it can cause stroke, it can cause diabetes, high blood pressure, it ultimately ages you because you're not getting enough rest and you're not treating your body well, Um, your sex drive can even go down and I know how a lot of y'all like to stick it to everybody and they mama honey and y'all spreading your seed amongst every woman or man or whatever thing that you, you come across so I know for a lot of people sex is very important so if you guys do not if you guys are overworking yourselves honey your sex drive is going to go down a lot um you also can't you can have weight major weight gain it causes insomnia in a lot of people 
a lack of concentration because you're overworking yourself so much. You're not able to focus on what it is that you're trying to do. And then ultimately it can lead to death. If you're not taking care of yourself and your body and you're overworking yourself, you know, it's going to cause a lot of problems internally and physically within your body. And that can lead to, you know, you potentially dying from a stroke or dying from, you know, uh, diabetes or heart disease. I mean, there's so many things that can happen and go wrong with you overworking yourself. There were some stats that were done about um, the effects of working more than eight hours. Now, according to Gallup, 50 percent of Americans work more than eight hour shifts. And in 2004, according to the CDC's um, Department of Health and Services, it provided 52 psychological studies and the effects of working overtime and even regular shifts. And they found it that people are more likely to fall ill, gain weight and become injured and less alert after their eighth hour on a particular shift. And they're less likely to be productive after their eighth hour on eighth hour on a on a shift. So when you're done with your eighth hour on a shift and let's say you're doing your eighth hour after you've gotten off and you're in the comforts of your own home and you're checking your emails or you're doing whatever you need to do in order to work the particular job you're working, you're not going to be really as alert doing it because you're already over that eighth hour, you know, and so working eight hours shows that it's enough for the average person to be working. However, there's a lot of effects that can happen from being overworked and working eight hours because the day drags on. Now, for a lot of people also... A lot of people, some people are just, you know, more productive during the morning time. Some people are more productive in the afternoon. Some people are productive in the evening. You know, in the morning, I can personally say my brain isn't as active in the morning time. I know that's what they say, that your brain is supposed to be active in the morning time, especially when you're having a hearty breakfast. But my mind, regardless of that, I'm still shut down psychologically, mentally, physically, everything, my whole mind. Mine is completely shut off. I'm just trying to, you know, wire back up to become more alert, you know, in the morning time because you're trying to get your body back into the motion of things, back into the rhythm of things, back into the cycle. And that takes time for certain people. So someone it may be more alert in at 8 a.m. in the morning. There's other people who are more alert around 12 noon. You know, there's some people that are more alert at 5 p.m. after they're able to, like, get a good workout in, get a good meal in their system, be able to, you know, just sit back and kick back until their brain is able to become fully functional again. Everybody works different. And so I feel like when it comes to jobs, people should be able to have the choice to choose whether or not, you know, they should work eight hours or not. Like, they people... I feel like should be able to choose their own schedule and the schedule should be convenient to the person as well. Of course, the jobs that you're working are going to have their set schedules of the times that they're open, but jobs should be able to allow you to have a healthy work-life balance. It shouldn't even be thought of, you know, going on a vacation as some sort of luxury. That should be essential part of life. That's not not something that you should continuously have to compromise or 
Because let's face it, we all have something going on outside of our jobs. You know, we have life to deal with. You may be taking care of a sick family member. You may be taking care of a friend. You may be taking care of a family member's kids. You know what I'm saying? You may be just trying to take care of yourself. Maybe it's a chronic illness that you have. And depending on the line of work that you're doing, working eight hours may just exasperate you and you may end up in the hospital because as a result of it and the whole reason why there was an eight hours that was put into effect and made a law was because it was for factory workers who were being overworked who were working over 100 hours seven days a week and being like indentured servants and we don't and so essentially we don't live in those times anymore so these eight hour shifts need to be cut back to at least six or five hour shifts depending on the line of work that you're doing so that you can have a healthy work-life balance. And so these jobs need to create a schedule where they're cohesive with, with the times that we're currently living in right now. You know, society puts so much expectations on its people. And if you're not living up to those expectations, you're deemed as being a failure. But not everybody has the same ambitions and goals. Not everybody is able to afford to be able to go to college. Not everybody wants to work as a admin working behind a desk for eight hours a day. Not everybody wants to become a doctor or a lawyer. You know, everybody's t- uh, you know ideals of what they want to be in life and their goals and aspirations are different depending on the person. And it should be up to the person to choose how they want to go about executing that. You know, we have to think about how in this pandemic, there's been 4.2 million people that have started their own businesses. And that's because so many people have had time to themselves to be able to wake up and realize that, you know what? I'm tired of societal structure. I'm tired of how society constantly overworks me and underpays me. And let's face it, you can make $55,000 a year and still be struggling. You can make $200,000 a year and still be struggling. At least in the Bay Area, you can still be struggling and you're going to be paying a lot of money on taxes for that. But people are waking up and realizing if I start my own business, if I go and follow my dreams of being an entrepreneur, then I'll be able to have that healthy work-life balance. I'll be able to run my errands in the morning. I'll be able to wake up at 10 a.m. if that's what I feel like doing and being able to work as many hours as I want to work and when I get tired I'll be able to take a break and take a nap and then come back to work if I decide I want to do that and work some more I'm able to if I work for myself be able to take my kids to school and then when they get out of school do homework for that with them and then if there's you know a a game that they have after they um, do all of their homework I can be able to take my kids to their game I can still be an active parent within my children's lives and I feel like when you're as adults when especially when you're working you have to sacrifice a lot you know we're we're not able to spend time with our our friends our families and all of our loved ones because we're so indebted to society we have to constantly work and we work so much and we don't have time for ourselves and during the pandemic so many people have been able to wake up and realize like this is not the life that I want to live anymore I'm tired of this let me start my own business because let's face it you know the money from unemployment 
it really wasn't that good of money. You know, essentially, you're only able to get $1,800 max. So there's a lot of people who are struggling during the pandemic. There's a lot of business owners that lost their businesses because they didn't have any money coming in for rent for that particular month. You know, there was a lot of people who uh, lost their homes. There's a lot of people that lost their, you know, places that they were renting out. People couldn't pay their bills. People were destitute. You know what I'm saying? There was so much going on and the government was little help. They didn't want to give any handouts to anybody. Heck, they tried to abolish EDD before, you know, the whole pandemic. They were already trying to get rid of unemployment. They didn't want people to be able to collect. But in the times that we're in right now, this is the only source of income that people are able to live off of right now because so many people lost their jobs. You know, a lot of people didn't have the ability to have a savings prior to the pandemic because the cost of living has been so high and the minimum wage has continued to be so low where you can't even live off of the minimum wage, which is insane. The minimum wage should be a wage where you're able to live off of. (laughs) You know what I'm saying so I mean it never really made sense although they did raise it up to 15 I mean what good is that going to do like you know I said before in the Bay Area you know a studio could cost you $1,800 upwards and you got to make three times that amount of money so essentially it just there's a lot of things that need to change within our societal structure to be able to have a proper work-life balance and we really need to take a look at ourselves too to realize what we can do for ourselves in order to make that happen. If society isn't going to do it for you, make it happen for yourselves. That's why there's 4.2 million people right now starting their that had started their dreams during the pandemic because they got tired and said, you know what? Screw this. I'm no longer going to allow society to dictate what I should be doing for myself. I'm no longer going to allow society to have me in a bind where I lose my job due to due to its negligence. I'm not going to have that happen anymore because I have a family to feed. I have to take care of myself. So in order to do that, me being my own boss, setting my own rules is going to allow me to be able to stay financially afloat and keep me financially independent. And that's what I feel like everybody should be. Everybody should have their own financial independence. Everybody should be able to have a savings. Everybody should be able to live a wonderful life. But unfortunately, we live in a society where it's all about itself. You know, we are born into a world where, you know, we have to be indebted to the man, Uncle Tom, Uncle Sam, however you want to say him. We are indebted to the higher ups of our societal structure and And we really just need to wake up and realize, you know what? We can do this. We can make it happen. Now, if you're going to become an entrepreneur, no, the money isn't always going to happen right away. But there's other means of being able to supplement your income until you're able to get your business off the ground and being able to make a a profit off of your business. But it's going to take sacrifice. But that's what that's what life is about sometimes making sacrifices. And if those sacrifices is to put you in the right direction of where you need to be in your your life path why not do that you know what I'm saying what's the harm in doing that following your dreams you've been living in this societal structure for so long why not try something new don't allow fear to stall you from being where you need to be in life take that leap of faith and go after it 
I took that leap of faith during the pandemic and I started this podcast. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do and how I was going to get it off the ground and running during the uh, before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity. What do I have to lose at this point? I've already lost my job. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where I'm going to lay my head in the next couple of months. So I might as well, you know, get this podcast going and try to follow my dreams of what I always wanted to pursue for myself. Now that I officially have the time and I have the equipment to do so, I did it. I made it happen. And for all of you that are listening, you can do it too. You know, just take that leap of faith. God will bring you into the right directions. Call on your spirit guides. They're there to assist you. They'll always help you. You know, that's why I always say, don't knock it until you try it. You'll never know where the universe is going to take you. The universe will always take you down the right path. It may be a little bit of a rocky road getting to where, you know, you're supposed to be in life. But just know that if you keep the faith, if you believe in yourself, if you really just take a step back for a moment and have temperance, that means have patience. Because the one thing that I struggle with, honestly, is patience. I don't have a lot of patience. I always want things right then and there. But ultimately, it's not up to me and it's not within my control of when things happen. It will ultimately happen for you when you're ready. Because sometimes you may want something in that moment, but not realize how you're not ready to be there in that particular position you may want to be in. Or you may want to have a relationship and you've been dating so much where you're just so tired of it and you're just ready to find that that one person who you're able to settle down with. But you may not realize that it's not the time for you to, you know, meet anybody. There may be things that you need to be working on before you can get into a relationship with someone. So, you know, just have patience. Be kind to yourself, which is the hardest thing for a lot of people to do and take control over your life. Take back that control over your life. Don't let society dictate to you what you should be doing. You know, you are the one that sets the tone for where you should be in life. What career path that you should want to take, how many hours that you want to work. You're the one that determines how you're going to be able to have a healthy work life balance and know that you can have all of that and you will have all of that. You just got to stay persistent in it. And on that note, I want to thank you all so much for joining me again for for another episode of Vibe Selection. Y'all make sure y'all follow me on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney. If you like this podcast, please support it by donating to www.patreon.com slash vibe selection. And if you sign up for one of those tiers there, you can tell me the type of content that you would like to hear on the Vibe Selection podcast. And if you choose tier two, you'll be able to get some Vibe Selection merch as well as dictating the type of content that you like to hear on the Vibe Selection podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is free, honey. It don't cost a thing. And if you like to buy any Vibe Selection merch, you can do that at www.teespring.com slash Vibe Selection. Once again, I am your host, Kyra. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Love Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.